You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcasts.com. Hi there, I'm Mark, and gum would be perfection. I'm Ryan, and I never call me. <laughs> uh, you're back listening to uh, Watching Friends, the weekly Friends podcast where we go through every episode of the show and play some clips, discuss jokes, trivia, all sorts of things. Uh, we're looking at the episode seven, which is the one with the blackout. Bam, immediately recognisable again, just like the one with the butt last yeah. week. They're like, it's basically going to be ragging on the one with the thumb continually, I think, for the first season, because it's completely uninspiring episode name. It is, yeah. Whereas now we're like, oh, cool, I mean, no episode this is. I imagine you've already got, whoa, going through your head, and <laughs> yeah. all the jokes from the episode immediately hit you when you hear the name. So. Well, it's, it's quite interesting that Friends went this way with their episode titles, because I, I have a feeling that they didn't originally do this. And obviously, back when like the, the shows were on, you didn't know what the episode titles were. No. Um, I know with like Simpsons fans, like for, for a long time, they was like, oh, this is episode SBX41Z sort of thing. But friends, you didn't. It was only maybe like when the DVDs came out, they was like, oh, they've all got titles. Yeah, it's very, it's very American language. Like the one with, it just sounds very American to me. Yeah. But it, it works perfectly because you go the one with whatever, whereas Simpsons picks out weird names for their episode titles. And it's like, you have to be a mega fan. Whereas this one, you can go, oh, you know, the one where, you know, Ross and Rachel break up. Got it. Yeah. it. I think the only TV show I would probably recognize well from episode names would be Buffy. Um, you could say, like, oh, Pangs or The Zeppo or whatever. And I'm really like about one of the episode, but that's good. Or, or Bad Eggs. Yeah, Bad Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy's probably the only TV show I've watched more than Friends, to be fair. So that's probably why. Okay, so so Buffy Podcast. Buffy podcast own, yeah. uh, there's, there's a Buffy podcast, I guess we'll give him a shout out, and it has the best podcast name ever, um, which I shouldn't say seen as we're on a podcast, <laughs> but it's called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Okay. I'm like, a genius. Like, I started listening to it purely because the title's fantastic. That's great. So if you're a Buffy fan, check them out. Uh, so yeah, look, we should get on with our uh, episode now. So... We start off in Central Perk, as usual, uh, and Rachel is introducing the music of Phoebes to everyone. Which <laughs> is, is an acquired taste. Yeah, so uh, here's, a, here's a quick fact for you. So um, Lisa Kudrow couldn't actually play guitar. We know Su- Surprisingly. <laughs> uh, they actually got someone in later on. I don't, I don't know when. They got, got someone in to teach her, and she learned three chords, and she was like, that's good enough. And they're like, no, no, you need to learn how to play guitar. And I was like... No, this is Phoebe. Phoebe wouldn't learn how to play guitar properly. <laughs> she would learn three chords, enough to play like the Beatles, I guess. Yeah, she's like the least punk punk band ever, but yeah. punk mentality, three chords, all you need. Uh, but yeah, I notice in this one where, where Lisa's playing the guitar, like she, she has her hand in one chord position and leaves it there and yeah, clearly cannot play very well at all. Yeah, I mean, I can play guitar, not well. Um, but well enough to, to recognise the sound and the chord that be, I'm like, <laughs> that's not what that sounds like, but still. Uh, but you know that, that that's not a negative of her. Like she's playing the character who who would be like that. So it's, yeah, if, it's quite funny. To if me. Phoebe suddenly started shredding, you'd be like, "Oh my god, this isn't Phoebe. What's happening?" Yeah, <laughs> definitely Ursula playing guitar right now. Uh, but as she starts playing, uh, the lights go out, the music is is cut, all the electricity's gone, um, and yeah, Phoebe's like, "Oh, thank you, everyone." <laughs> <laughs> like she she's not upset that you know the the plug has been pulled in in 
sense, but in my mind, I think Phoebe, that's just their, their way of telling Phoebe her set's over. I don't think Phoebe realizes <laughs> that it's a blackout. She's just like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, we then cut to Chanda quickly, who's stuck in a in a bank. Um, it is, and they this sound effect they have for the power going out is the most like fake TV sounding power effect ever. I've not been in many power cuts, but the power just stops. You don't get a no. sound effect <laughs> that we get in this episode. It just stands out to me every time. You, you first notice by some of your electronics turning off and some are still on and you're like, okay, the TV's still on. Everything else is off. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, it's off. <laughs> yeah, normally you just watch the little red light on your extension cord slowly <laughs> yeah. dim. <laughs> Uh, we then have the the intro, and we end up at the apartment where they've absolutely filled the room with candles. They have. Uh, which is good. I was having my own little celebration at this point, Mark, because I finally did the correct amount of claps I in, did, the, in yeah, the intro. Yeah. I was like, I did it! I did it! And I'll probably do it wrong again next episode, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have an episode of claps, I think, of just, just trying. Just be practising claps. Yeah. Or, or just going up to, to random people in public saying, can you do the claps? <laughs> uh, I did think this was a massive virus. Like, they don't have... A handful of candles. They have hundreds of candles. Yeah, it is like a teenage girl's bedroom, to be fair. Like, there's just candles everywhere. Now, I, I assume they've done this to be like, oh, well, you know, the scene needs to be lit by our lights. We can't do that with one or two candles. So if we fill the thing with candles, that makes more sense. Yeah, it looks quite pretty, to be fair. It does, yeah. Um, so let's listen to our first clip of this episode. Manhattan, parts of Brooklyn and Queens, and they have no idea when it's coming back on. Wow. wow. Guys, this is big. Pants and a sweater. Why, Mom? Who am I going to meet in a blackout? <laughs> Power company guys? Eligible looters? <laughs> Can we talk about this later? Okay. So, yeah, uh, Monica chatting to her mum. I mean, Judy is Judy no matter what's going on. No. <laughs> it's just like, you could be worried about your daughter, but no. Do you look approachable? Are you, are you single and mingling? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is always a weird thing with uh, power cuts. The phone lines still work. Yeah, I guess they run off a different. They they, they run they work differently. Yeah, um, maybe a bit different now. You know, your mobile phone. Like, oh, I've got no battery now. Yeah, I've got four G. Great. I'm just going to carry on watching Friends in the blackout. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry. Uh, but yeah, then uh, Phoebe's uh, asked to call her grandmother. She does. Um, but you know, comes across the the typical thing of having to call call yourself. She never does. No, and <laughs> doesn't know her own number. No, I don't. I don't know my. Well, I know my my mobile number. Uh, well, I know my mobile number, and I know the number of the house I currently live at, but only because it's my family home. So when I moved out, I would call it a lot. So yeah, then we have uh, Phoebe calling her grandmother, and she doesn't know her own number because who what? does? No, and it, and it's like ninety four, ninety five. So you had to remember numbers, like you know, you'd have those friends. Like I know, like my ten best friends' numbers. Anything beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, there'd be the small group you knew, and everyone else you'd have to look up yep. or keep a little book by the phone with everyone's numbers in it that you'd pick. <laughs> yeah. We sound old now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whereas now I'm sure you've got a phone that's just filled with thousands of numbers, and you're like, who is uh, Ryan K. Beach? I don't. Someone I met at the beach? But, I, 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 don't know, know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I just use Siri. It's like, hey, Siri, call this person. I don't need to look at their number, I don't never need to know it because the phone does it for me. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't mention someone's name then because <laughs> I think a few phones would have started dialing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember seeing the... Uh, I remember it's a bit of a diversion here, but there's a, a Twitch prank that people used to pull where people were streaming a specific mobile game on their iPhone and the people in the comments would basically comment, hey Siri, 
something or other. And then the streamer would read it out and the phone would react, but it would close the app. So it would be like really close to a high score of all time and streamers would just get pranked by saying this phrase and closing the game down. It was very mean-spirited, but very funny. But that is funny, yeah. But back to friends. <laughs> uh, Phoebe doesn't know her own number and I never knew my house number when I lived there. Um, I'd have to, you know, check. Because, so, again, you never call yourself. No. It wasn't until I moved out that I bothered to learn, you know, the, the family home phone number. Well, it's, it's now you need to know your your mobile phone number at least. Yeah. Um, just because everywhere wants it all the time. All the time, yeah. Um, so, we get to see Chandler at the bank. Oh, my God. It's her. It's that Victoria's Secret model. Something, something good acre. Hi, Mom. It's Jill. She's right. It's Jill. <laughs> Jill Goodacre. Oh, my God. I am trapped in an ATM vestibule with Jill Goodacre. Is it a vestibule? Maybe it's an atrium. Oh, yeah, that is the part to focus on, you idiot. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just stuck at the bank. But an ATM vestibule. Jill says vestibule? I'm going with vestibule. I, I really like this. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the weird thing about it, though, is, is the actual setting to me. So in the UK, a lot of our ATM machines are just outside by a shop mm-hmm. or, Stuck or wherever. Uh, it's very unusual to actually have to go inside somewhere that you can be locked in. Like if it's the bank, it's because the bank is open. Yeah. Sometimes they're they're shut and you know whatever. Um, but then the, there's other countries I've been to where you literally have to lock yourself in. So it's one person in. You enter with like your card or whatever, and once you're inside, you're locked inside. Um, Generally, because they feel like people are going to steal the, the ATM machines or whatever. I mean, this is 90s New York. Like, it is, yes. Well, I've been to New York a few times, and most of the ATMs are in vestibules or atriums, whatever they are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it looked weird as a kid. Um, like, why is why are the cash machines in this little building? Yeah. But then having been to New York as an adult and knowing how kind of crime was so high in parts of New York in the 90s, it actually makes perfect sense to me now. Yeah, we're, I guess we're, we're fortunate and lucky that uh, we can stand out in the cold with a queue of people behind us watching how much money we're taking out of the machine. Yeah, and nowadays it's very much uh, like they fitted. If you ever, if you're in the UK, you'll know these. If you're not, you won't. But they fitted like really poor reflective surfaces onto the <laughs> yes. side of cash points that you're meant to be able to use to see if someone's looking over your shoulder. But they're so foggy and unclear. Like that person would attack you, and you'd have no idea what they look like. You'd no. like it was a vague human shape that <laughs> 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 ran up with all my cash. And th- this is going to be a bit of a side tangent. I hate using the cash machines in America. Because we're used to putting it in, you type in your PIN, and then you get some money out. There you have to put the card in, but pull it out, and you've got to do it quick enough yep. that it registers. And then you've got to keep your card handy because it's going to want it some other point. But if you walk away from the machine, people can do stuff with the machine because you've not logged out of it. Yeah, and then they have odd names for bank accounts. So rather than, you know, like in Britain, your bank account's a current account for the most part. It's yeah. a standard bank account. Whereas you put your card into an American cash checking machine and it's like, checking, saving, like 15 options. And yeah. I'm like, just give me the money. Yeah, yeah. What's the cheapest way to get my money, please? Like, I'll just press buttons until I find the right one. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll press the wrong one because I don't know what American banking terms are. And, it'll be like me, and I've got to start all over again. Yeah. And I'm like, it shouldn't take me this long to get $20. Yeah. Do you want to have it out in dollars or do you want to convert it from pounds to dollars first or dollars to pounds? And Yeah, like, we'll use the standard exchange rate. And I'm like, but your exchange rate isn't the same as the exchange rate. <laughs> no. like, I don't understand. Um, but yeah, who's Jill Goodacre? I hope you've done some research here because I didn't. Uh, I didn't know who she was until Chandler said, oh, she's a Victoria's Secrets model. 
Um, but she's the first woman that we've seen in Friends that doesn't look dated in the sense of a lot of the way women are styled in Friends looks very 90s. Yeah. But Jill Goodacre still looks amazing in terms of, not I don't know what she looks like now, but her in the episode looks like, okay, that's a really attractive woman. And you find out she's a Victoria's Secret model and go, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But as a kid, I had no touchstone for who that was. No, like, cause she could easily have just been random character, but I assume that is Jill Goodacre. Yeah, it is. She exists. Uh, she was actually... Okay. She, I did Google. She is real. Um, <laughs> who was the character that I made up? Um, she was an actual Victoria's Secret and fashion model. Well, I did like that we hear, like, Chandler's monologue throughout this episode. I think it's really well done. Yeah, and it's, it's very relatable. Like... I'm a dork, and I'm, this is one of the episodes where I really relate with Chandler. I'm just sat there like, oh, well, there's, a, there's an attractive woman, and he's trapped in a room with her, and all he can think about is, what kind of building's he in? <laughs> That's yeah, how my brain works. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you can't do anything suave or cool. No, you can't come here. Hi there. <laughs> I mean, we'll get on to how awkward he is later on. Um, but, yeah, perfection is not. <laughs> no. uh, we then, this, this episode swaps back and forth a lot because Chandler is, is by himself, uh, so they've, they've broken him away from the rest of the group, uh, which they've done with other characters before. But this is a, a pretty long episode where one character is not with the rest of the group, um, which is quite an interesting dynamic. But it does mean we, we swap back and forth quite a lot. And he does a lot of work in getting to know Chandler. Like, you've got a decent sense of who Chandler is so far. But this is, like, pure get to know Chandler. You're literally inside his head for yes. most of the episode. And, yeah, it's very revealing for who Chandler is as a person. So, so please excuse me, because we're going to be jumping back and forth for like literally a line of dialogue. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of clips and a lot of me saying, we're back here now. To, to explain <laughs> we're back in the apartment. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're back at the apartment and Joey brings over a Jewish candle holder. It's a menorah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, again, what was the thing I knew? There was something in the episodes I knew something random phrase. What was that now in an earlier episode? Uh, go, and, go and check out. One else, one else. We'll find out. Um, we'll put it in the comments. Um, but again, he walks in with the menorah and I'm like, it's a, I'm not Jewish. Um, but for some reason, recognised the menorah. I, I did like, because I was like, why is he holding that? Because like, Chandler's not Jewish, Joey's not Jewish. Why does Joey have that? But obviously he does explain. Uh, it's from Chandler's old roommate. Why don't the Gellers have one? They're Jewish. Yes. So Joey's, <laughs> <laughs> Joey finds a menorah in his apartment, but Monica's apartment, that was her grandma's apartment, doesn't have a menorah in it anywhere. It seemed really off to me. Yeah. I have Jewish friends and they all have menorahs in their house because you need them. Yeah. Um, so I was like, just odd. It just shook really odd to me that they didn't have one. But uh, it's funny how he just like, struts in with it, though. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, well, it's like Rabbi Tribbiani. He <laughs> yeah. makes the joke and he's like, happy Hanukkah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, we then uh, look outside the, the apartment, though. Naked guy lit a bunch of candles. So yeah, that had to hurt. Yeah, I winced again. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. What's he doing? Did he bend over and just accidentally like? I, I assume something dripped, some wax dripped into a delicate area. Um, <laughs> Where's he putting his candles? I, I don't know, but I was like, it's hot wax. He's naked. It dripped. It's got to be the crotch area. Yeah, I, I assume he's bent over next to a table and uh, caught his butt on it or something. I like how different our imagination has <laughs> yeah. been for this. We get no visuals. It's looking naked guy, and we just picture. And then we head back to Chandler again. Uh, he tried to smile at Jill before basically creeping her out because he smiled too long. And he hasn't said anything. He just kind of looks at her and smirks. And yeah, yeah, he's gone from, oh, that's a nice smile to, oh, you're, you're getting creepy smiles now just staring. So, uh, But she has a mobile phone and offs it to him. 
Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm trapped in an ATM machine <laughs> with Jill Gulliger. What? I'm trapped <laughs> in an ATM machine with Jill Gulliger. I have no idea what you just said. Put Joey on the phone. <laughs> What's up, man? I'm trapped <laughs> in an ATM machine with Jill. <laughs> oh my God. He's trapped in an ATM vestibule with Jill Goodacre. <laughs> Chandler, listen, listen. <laughs> yeah, like that thought never entered my mind. <laughs> what did Joey say? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know what Joey <laughs> said. Uh, we get another classic Chandler where he's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that he didn't like use pig Latin or something like that. I don't know. I mean, maybe she could have understood it. Again, it's that weird thing in TV land, specifically Friends, where she's out of shot, so she doesn't hear what's going on. Because he's not quiet. Because he's not even. Like, oh, no, really, really, really loud. And I'm like, guess we'll just pretend that she can't hear, like we do when everyone's in the kitchen. Um, yeah, Joey have a, a very interesting way of, of talking to each other, but, you know, that, that's always good for, like, friend, friendship groups. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it demonstrates their closeness, just like previously in the episode with the oh, awful play guy. It, it's the same as, you know... Monica's like, huh? What's that? And then Joey gets it perfectly. Exactly. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back afterwards. With a purposeful grimace and a terrible smile, join Nikki and Wyatt as we stomp our way through the history of Toho's Dai Kaiju films in Discuss All Monsters. Are you telling me we're going to discuss all monsters? We won't stop until there isn't a monster left to discuss. Smash that play button like Godzilla and King Kong smash an 18th century Japanese pagoda. Only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks, we do linguistic analysis. So the Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine. But so the changed meaning in Japanese, it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. Oh, Sarah, you... I think your apartment is haunted. <laughs> I think you can find out more about the Spirit Hunters right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those adverts for those other podcasts there. Uh, so we change scene and uh, we get the friends talking about the weirdest places they um, did it. I'll go, I'll go. Okay, okay um, senior year of college on a pool table. Ooh, that's my sister. <laughs> okay, okay. My weirdest place would have to be the women's room on the second floor of the New York City Public Library. Oh my God! What were you doing in a library? Hey, <laughs> Phoebe, what about you? Oh, um, Milwaukee. <laughs> Disneyland, 1989, it's a small world after all. <laughs> hey! No way. 
Yeah, the, uh, the ride broke down, uh, so Carol and I went behind a couple of those mechanical Dutch children. <laughs> and they, they fixed the ride, and uh, we were asked never to return to the Magic Kingdom. Oh, Rachel. Oh, come on, I already went. No, no, you no. You did no. not go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, tell us. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, uh, the weirdest place would have to be... Oh, the foot of the bed. So, Ryan, I'm not going to ask you your weirdest place. I don't think we, we need to be that open on this podcast. We don't, know, uh, But we can talk about the friends. Just Ross, no. Ross and Carol, no. Not at <laughs> Disney World or Disneyland. Just no. Yeah, you don't do that there. It's, I mean... It's a, it's a magical place. I love Disney, and I don't want... I mean, no one enjoys It's a Small World. Oh, apparently, Ross and Carol did. But... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the only way to enjoy it. But for when I ever go on this ride now, I'm going to see those Dutch children and just think, those poor kids. It's a small world. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, oh, God, no. It's just... Mm-mm. Um, I found it weird that Monica is very open in front of Ross. But yeah, uh, and, we, we've had a couple of times in previous episodes where they've been exceptionally open about their sexual lives with each other. Yeah. Like, you know, October 20th and Monica knowing when Ross lost his virginity and first time he's with Carol and I'm just like, hmm. Like, I'm all for open conversation, but there's some stuff you just don't need to go into. I did like the line where uh, Joey mentions doing it in the women's room of the New York Public Library. Have you ever been there? I have been there. It's I- nice, isn't it? I didn't see the women's bathroom, but yeah, I liked well, the rest of it. I didn't know if women's room meant like the bathroom or like uh, an area where it's like books about women or something like that. Like, you know, you have like different areas. Yeah, and I assumed you meant the bathroom. I mean, I'd hope so. At least that's somewhat proper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like Dewey Decimal System, there's Joey's out again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a bit intense. Uh, yeah, I, I love the New York Library. I'd, I want to spend a bit more time wandering around because it, it is amazing to wander around. Yeah, it's a lot of marble. There is. Like you're like, wow, this building cost a lot of money. It did. Uh, Phoebe's with her answer. I've never been to Milwaukee. I don't know if it's a strange place. But that's, again, classic Phoebe's, isn't it? Like, everyone's going, this is my weird place, and she just picks a state. Yeah, like, Milwaukee. Like, okay, Phoebe's. <laughs> uh, and then Ross on It's a Small World. Which we're not a fan of. No. Ugh, no. Grim. No. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Rachel is embarrassed to say the foot of the bed. Which is fair. I mean, if you haven't had a particularly flamboyant sex life, it's no, no shame involved, but Rachel seems all embarrassed, which I don't really understand. Well, she's quite inexperienced with relationships, I guess. Like, was Barry, like, her first proper boyfriend, perhaps? Well, see, they say that, but then she's constantly teased for being a bit of a tart in high school. Yes. So it's like, well, what exactly... I suppose that would just probably be, like, fumbling in the backseat of some guy's Camaro or in a pickup truck or something. Perhaps, but then that would be more exciting than the foot of a bed. Yeah, it's, an, it's a weird response given that she, you know, sounds like she put it about a bit in school. But then maybe it's more of a lie because of who she is and what people expect of her. Sure, I mean, I guess you could, she had a reputation, but you don't know how true that reputation was in no. high school. And, and, you know, sometimes you want to live up to the reputation a little bit to seem more exciting than you actually are. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it seems like Barry wasn't the one who, who was that interested in Rachel, I guess, if the foot of the bed is most exciting he could be yeah after this we we have a little scene transition and then it opens on chan not chandler ross and rachel discussing passion but what stuck out to me more than that was the scene transition you get the like external shot of the apartment building and it plays the little like friends riff yeah but 
it's an a cappella version, and I hated it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just some going, bah, bah, I don't know, what are you doing? Good Lord, I hate this, never do it again. I, I noticed there's a lot of transitions in this episode, uh, and I, I wonder if they're like trying to go for time, because there's a lot of musical interludes yeah. uh, in this. But, you know, we, we have Ross trying to console Rachel uh, about her lack of passion. Yeah, right. It is. Uh, eventually, it kind of burns out. But... Hopefully what you're left with is trust and security and, uh, well, in the case of my ex-wife, lesbianism. (laughs) (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a bit weird from Ross because, like, on the one hand, he's being like, hey, Rachel, you know, you you suck, basically. Like, you know, not everyone gets it. Oh, but but not you. (laughs) Not everyone gets to have passion because... You know, it's not the best of things. And then, oh, I don't think that would be you, though. I see great passion in your future. But then he also talks, I guess, a bit. I guess it's a bit about him and Carol in, like, there was passion there. Obviously, they're at Disney World and stuff like that. Uh, and then he just gets loyalty afterwards. And maybe that's him, because he talks about, in a future episode, about doing his karate, <laughs> doesn't he? Uh, so may- maybe that's more on his, like, uh, what happened in his life, where it's like, yes, the passion died around, but there was that loyalty there, which wasn't. Yeah, it just, it just feels like completely hollow support for Rachel. Like, he doesn't mean half of what he's saying, I don't think. I think it's just, let's make Rachel feel better. Um, but he doesn't do a good job about it. He doesn't. And that's when she gets up to leave and he's like, I don't see that for you though. And he's quickly like backpedaling. Like, <laughs> yeah. let, let's insert some line about, you know, hope for Rachel. And obviously he means himself. When he's talking about the passion in Rachel's future, he clearly means himself. He does. But, you know, Ross feels uh, pretty happy and uh, how he's cheered up Rachel with, with his speech there. Tells him uh, he's great, pats him on the head. And for some reason, <laughs> he takes getting patted on the head as a positive sign. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Joey has to come along and spoil and say, never going to happen. What? You and Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because you waited too long to make your move and now you're in the friend zone. No, no, no. I'm not in the zone. Oh, Ross, you're mayor of the zone. Yep, that's got to be my line of the episode there. My joke. My joke. Mayor mayor of the the zone. zone. (laughs) Uh, You know, Friend zone, though, like, is the friend zone real? Like, no, we, we, we discussed it. I do not believe the friend zone exists at all. I, I feel like some people definitely do, and personally, I'm 50 50 on it. I mean, as a, like, a steadfast rule of you're in the friend zone and that's where you're staying is clearly nonsensical because you know, I've, I've been friends with people and then had relations with them afterwards. Yeah. Um, I've had relations with people and then started a friendship afterwards, so it, it just doesn't exist. It's to me, the friend zone is a way people use kindness to soften rejection. So, you know, like, oh, let's go on a date. And they're like, no, I just see you as a friend. Let's just be friends. Friend zone. It's like, just say you're not interested in that way. You don't need to. No. There's no special zone where, where you, like, <laughs> well, like, oh, I'm sorry. If I'd asked you about four days earlier, would we, we'd be now having sex? Or it's just, oh, wait, no, I waited four days and now I'm mayor of the friend zone. Well, p- potentially, right? Because you could meet someone and go, wow, I'm, I'm attracted to you right away. And then as they get to know you, they realize, oh, actually, you know, you're not what I thought you was. I mean, I guess if there's that baseline attraction there, who knows at what point you could, you could you know, rekindle it. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the big thing is always a, it's always a risk because like, I don't think there's a, so much a friend zone as more like a, a friend fear where <laughs> you you don't want to be like right I like I'm this person we've known each other years I'm gonna make a move because then all of a sudden you're you're risking losing the friendship potentially and it, and it's a shame that people think like that because you should be able to go out there and go look I'm attracted to you you know I'd like to to get with you right I guess it's and super and, and then then being able to say no and you'd be like okay cool. Uh, we'll go back to how we was then and you know I move on but not everyone works that way I no, guess I guess a lot of that depends on people's ability to deal with rejection yes um, people take it personally and can get a bit spiteful at times whereas hopefully as a mature adult you'd be like okay that's not going to happen let's continue yeah I, I guess it depends you know if you're like Ross where you you wait four years or, or more I guess in Ross's case to, to ask someone out you build up expectations and then yeah. if that comes crashing down it's much more damaging than if you'd done it right at the very beginning I mean, I've got friends that have liked me or I've liked them and it's not been mutual. And we're still friends. Yeah. Um, there's a weird finality to it, though. Like, there are, there are a couple of them. There's one friend like in particular that I won't name. And there's clearly some chemistry there between she and I, but neither one of us ever wants to broach the subject and we've both not been single at the same time. And it's very much like, maybe it would happen, but then I would never bring it up <laughs> because I'm just like... <laughs> In my head, it's quite nice thinking that could potentially happen one day. Isn't that a pleasant <laughs> thought? And I never want the reality check of finding out. No, no, <laughs> no Ryan, this, you've made this all up in your head. Ignorance definitely is bliss. It is bliss. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think the friend zone exists because it's an odd thing to suggest that passion well, couldn't start at any point. It's not like the twilight zone, is it? That, that's how people treat it. Yeah, like you, once you're in, you're stuck, you're trapped. Yep. You can never leave. Like how many times do you hear the cliche of, it's like the first time I've seen you? Like you've been in front of me this whole time, but I've only looked at you right now. And it's like, well, you don't know when feelings are going to strike. Well, yeah, because, you know, Ross is taking his time to, to get just a little bit closer every single day because he's waiting for his right moment. Which is ridiculous, Ross. Just you've, you, you've had multiple chances where she has said, yes, go ahead. Yeah, she, she said, you can ask me out. And yeah. he's still spent how many weeks fanning about? She's kissed him on the face. Yep. Admittedly, the first few weeks were like, he's still getting over Carol. So you were like, you know, I'll cut you some slack for not making a move. But at this point in time, you are just like, she kissed you on the face at the laundrette. I feel like that day or the day after, it should have been, hey, Rich, let's go out. Yeah, let's, let's go and get a coffee together or, you know, something else. Well, I guess it, it doesn't have to be a date date. It can just be two friends casually hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you, I guess in, your, in your mind, you'd want to engineer a moment where there'd potentially be a chance for some kind of physicality. Yeah. Uh, like one of the old cliches of you know taking a girl ice skating because um, it's all that innocent flirty touching <laughs> yeah. that, you know you all know is doesn't mean anything but then you know it doesn't mean nothing at the same yeah. time um, so I guess you yeah, you try and find another way of engineering some chemistry yeah exactly which you know he's going to wait for his moment uh, but as Joey's trying to explain to him how you know the moment's now or potentially even gone uh, Rachel walks back in uh, which is awkward it is <laughs> and obvious yeah <laughs> Uh, you know, we've all had that moment where you're talking about someone, they walk in and you have to think on your feet quickly. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't live in a world where sound doesn't travel from a kitchen. If you're having a conversation in the room, people can hear you. You need to turn around and just go, how much of that did you hear before I decide to uh, let on what I've been saying? I tend to be pretty good at thinking on my feet in these kind of situations where I can just be like, let's just have an excuse. But then there is that caution of, wait, just how much did they hear? <laughs> yeah. And if they heard enough, because I'm quite neurotic. So I'd be like, wait, did she hear me talking about my feelings for her? And if she did and isn't mentioning it, why isn't she mentioning it? Does she want me to? Does she not? Yeah. And then before you know it, I'm Chandler in a vestibule. Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about Chandler, we're, uh, we're going to go back to him as uh, Jill offers him uh, some gum. Do you like some gum? Yeah. 
Oh, is it sugarless? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's not. Oh, then no, thanks. What the hell was that? <laughs> Mental note, if Jill Goodacre offers you gum, you take it. If she offers you mangled animal carcass, you take it. <laughs> so, yeah, is, is it sugar? What a response. <laughs> is it sugarless? Because <laughs> she could have gone, no, he could have gone, all right, cool. Yeah, what's funny is that, like, clearly... A couple of times, Jill Goodacre has looked at Chandler, and there's a bit of a like, "Well, this is kind of awkward and uncomfortable." And then she she finds a way to break the ice and offers him some gum. And it's clearly a let's try and make the situation less awkward. Yeah. And you'd think that Chandler would be smart enough to pick up on the social cue of just say yes, regardless of oh my god, that's Jill Goodacre. A person is trying to initiate some kind of dialogue. Just take the the gum. You know, the the typical British thing to do when you have nothing in common with someone that you've just met is to talk about the weather. Uh, yeah. He, he could have talked about the gum. He could have could have found anything about that, mm, and then that's you know. some tasty gum. Well, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a good gum. <laughs> he just basically shuts it down and goes, "Oh no, thank you." Yeah. <laughs> like I guess if I was Jill, I'd be like, "Why does it have to be sugarless? Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you on a diet?" But it's an awkward situation. Uh, we then uh, go back to Phoebe's giving us some more of her music, which sounds even worse than normal. I love this song. When, when I read your show notes about not liking this song, I was like, it all rhymes. She plays the guitar. I think it's just the tone. Everything is just off. It's off key. Everything. It's, it, it's terrible on purpose. I may make it my ringtone. I love the la, 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 la at the end. Like, I've got a light around. I'm like, yay. I absolutely love this song. She stays away from dairy. It's, it's informative. It's factual. It rhymes. Uh, we then get Ross uh, getting the actual courage this time to, to ask Rachel out. Uh, but this is, you know, just before Monica comes on and is about to spoil this by going outside. Hey, where are you going? Outside? No, no, you, you can't go out there. Why not? Because of, uh, the reason. <laughs> and that would be? I, uh, I can't tell you. Joey, what's going on? Okay, listen, you gotta promise you'll never, ever tell Ross that I told you. About what? He's planning your birthday party. Oh my god, I love him! And you better act surprised. About what? My surprise party. What surprise party? Oh, stop it. Joey already told me. <laughs> well, he didn't tell me. Talking about thinking on your feet. I love Joey's lies. Yeah. <laughs> this one's better. This one's better than their yeah. siblings. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting better at it. Um, it. Yeah, it's a good excuse. I also like how... I don't know why he thinks that Monica wouldn't be supportive of Ross asking out Rachel. Like, it, we've never really given the sense of does Monica approve of Rossi's obvious feelings for yeah. Rachel? And obviously, you assume that she he, she's familiar with Rossi's crush on Rachel from when they were growing up together. Yeah. Um, I'm like, why did you lie, Joey? You could have just said he's asking Rachel out, and then Monica would have not gone outside and been much more excited about the potential outcome. Which would could have been uh, another way for the episode to go with them all cheering and being happy and but i guess it's a sitcom so you need misunderstandings yep. to be funny but also i i think at this point in the show they the writers didn't want uh, ross and rachel really getting together it it takes you know four seasons yeah it takes i suppose one you know that's that's at that point i guess the relationship we were rooting for potentially i don't know i was always yeah. rooting for ross i don't know if other listeners were <laughs> but i was like go on ross uh, you know, and then Phoebe's, you know, she shows her sensitive side of, you know, always being the last to know things. Uh, like when Chandler got hit by the peacock at the zoo. Yep. It's, I've, I mean, I've seen peacocks you know, quite close up. I've never been bit by one. I'm like, how would a peacock bite you? You, you know, it's going to be somewhere embarrassing. 
Probably, I mean, to channel it. It's, yeah. like, it's not going to be a cool story. <laughs> and then just coming out with, you know, when Monica had a, had a crush on Joey. While in the room, and Joey is like, yeah. yeah. I love the way she's like, looks like second to last. She says it like really playfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really well done, I love it. But obviously, she, you know, she is the the one member of the group who's on the outside, so she would be the last known. Like she, as we've mentioned in other episodes, she doesn't share a direct connection with any of them. No, I mean, you've basically got siblings and then two sets of roommates yep. and then Phoebe's off with her grandma. So you can see why she might feel upset that she's left out. In previous episodes, you mentioned that she's excited to do something with Chandler, even if that is breaking up with their partners together. Um, so I kind of, you know, if you feel sorry for Phoebe's a bit and want to give her a bit of a hug. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Ross has a general wondering. Hey, I have a question. Well, uh, actually, not so much a question as more of a, a general wondering. And- Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here goes. Um, well, for a while now, I've been wanting to. Um... Yes, yes. That's, that's right. <laughs> what? And then a cat jumps on him. Uh, David Swimmer does this sort of part of his character really well, where he just kind of labors over the line. For a long time. It, it, it's such an awkward thing to, to do anyway, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, his delivery is great. He's like a general wonder. <laughs> and he's just, he's like, oh my God, Ross, just say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go out. <laughs> like, would you like to go out of me? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you break it down into two halves, if you've got the asking your crush out, which can be quite a daunting thing to do. Yeah. Um, we've all been there. I guess as I get older, I'm a lot blunter and more open where I'm just like, I'm running out of time <laughs> <laughs> essentially like I ain't getting any younger um, but yeah I guess it's a lot more you just ask um, and again we've discussed before how dating's changed since since friends became yeah since, since, since friends came and went um, but yeah I guess just ask but he's, he's awkward I don't know why he's awkward because that's the second half of it to me I understand the awkwardness if you're asking out a crush we've all been there but I've never asked out a crush that's told me I'm allowed to ask her out at some point and that she'd be open to it. Yep. So I feel like you don't need to be worried, Ross, because she's told you she's going to say yes. Well, yeah, but being Ross, you'd be like, yeah, she said that then, but what about now? Like, maybe it'll be no, and then it's worse. But I just bring it up like, so remember when you said I could ask you out? I'm doing that. And then, <laughs> like, bring it back up. At least remind her she said you could. Uh, I liked the way he's, like, throwing the cat around. Obviously, it's a fake cat. Yes. Uh, he goes... Way over the top with it. If, if you was Rachel, you'd be like, I'm not dating you after the animal cruelty you've just done to that poor cat. I mean, I've had a few cats and their claws are sharp and it does hurt. I've never had oh. one latch onto my shoulders like some kind of drop bear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like, he's running around that balcony that looks a lot bigger in this shot than it ever looks. Yep. But fair enough. Uh, I did like the way they actually bring the cat back into the apartment and it's it's gentle and kind. What else would you do with it? You can't just... Well, I would have thought he's thrown it off the roof by this point. <laughs> just it'll land on its feet, I suppose. But, uh, but you know, you you got Monica there looking after Ross and uh, looking to looking after his wounds, I guess. Yeah, and Ross is in a very different mood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very anti-cat at this point. Uh, we then head back to Chandler with, uh, I think, one of the classic lines of the whole show of Friends. You know, on second thought, gum would be perfection. Gum would be perfection. Gum would be perfection. Could have said gum would be nice. Could have said I'll have a stick. But no, 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 no. For me, gum is perfection. I loathe myself. 
Yeah, everything about that's great. Yeah, been there. I mean, <laughs> as from last episode, my allergic Joshku story comes straight back to mind right now. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you say the wrong things and instead of correcting yourself or, or laughing it off, you dig deeper. <laughs> yeah, you just, just crawl inside yourself and die, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, why did I say that? Uh, so after that, we head back to Rachel and Phoebe trying to find the owner of the cat uh, before they knock on Mr. Heckle's door. This is the first time we've met Mr. Heckle's. Um, so let's listen to that. We just found this cat, and we're and we're looking for the owner. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's my. <laughs> he seems to hate you. Are you sure? Yeah, it's my cat. Give me my cat. <laughs> now wait a minute. What's his name? Um, Bob Buttons. Bob Buttons. Uh huh. Bob Buttons. Here, Bob Buttons. Oh, you are a very bad man. I really want more of Mr. Heckles. I think Bob Buttons is a great name for a cat. Yeah, we didn't get enough of Mr. Heckles, I think. There, there could have been a lot more with him. Yeah, I agree. I would have liked him to pop up a little bit more. He's yeah. just horrible. He's it's, it's, it's just an interesting character. Like The, the way you know, he, I guess, gets Chandler and Joey together uh, by saying, like, you know, I'm the new roommate. And the the guy who's actually meant to be the roommate, the 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 rich billionaire with uh, supermodels around all the time, uh, goes, oh, okay, I guess I'll leave then if he's already found a different roommate, and that's how we get Joey. Um, yeah, we should have had more Mr. Heckles. He's, he's a great character. He's just an odd, very odd person. He is. I'm sure you've all met people like that who you do. He's just off-putting and strange. But I would I would have liked a, a day of Mr. Heckles because we we get one episode where he's kind of featured prominently mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Seems to like stealing pets. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just a weird guy. He reacts very quickly and she's like, yep, that's mine. Yep, there's a free cat going. He wants it. Uh, but we then have Rachel still trying to find the cat owner and there's going to be a lot of clips now uh, just because we keep on going back and forth between a lot of different scenes. So, that. Everybody, this is Paolo. Paolo, I want you to meet my friends. This is Monica. Hi. And Joey. Hi. And, and Ross. Hi. Ragazzi, sono appena arrivato, vivo al piano di sotto, quindi ci vedremo molto spesso, He doesn't speak much English. So yeah, Paolo's introduction. <laughs> I feel like of all the characters people dislike, like I prefer Mr. Heckles to Paolo. I guess he he comes across as a bit smarmy. He's just irritating. I don't know whether it, I guess it's some kind of weird, you know, a jealousy type thing of he's tall, dashing and handsome and charming, I guess. But, you know, it's like, it's just immediately irritating. You know what, though? We, we should have actually spent some time actually finding out the translations for what he says, because I, I have a feeling they're probably more playful than they come across as. Yeah, I imagine if you can understand what he's saying, he's very charming. Yeah. We can't, and we're all rooting for Ross at this point, so we're like, boo hiss. Yeah, because he, he is the typical, you know, super attractive man, and, like, Ross is never going to compete with that, is he? Well, what I like about this scene is that if you look at what he and Ross are both wearing, they're basically in the same outfit. They've <laughs> both got a kind of jumpery sweater on with jeans and trousers as trousers, but all of Ross's clothes are really soft and comfortable. He's got, like, a really knit, like knitted polo neck. 
And then Paolo's got a similar style outfit, but it's tight and fitted and attractive and yeah. well cut. And then his trousers are belted and all sleek. And then Russell's just got like jeans on. And I find it really interesting that you've basically got boring, comfortable friend zone Russ in his boring, comfortable clothes. And then sexy, stylish Paolo in his sexy, stylish outfit. And I'd never noticed it before. But watching the episode back, I was just like, ah, oh, I see what you do in their costume department. Yeah. But we've, we've all been in that situation where you're like, why are they interested in them? Like, I'm here. I'm much better. Like... And especially like, you know, from Ross's perspective, it's like, you can't even like speak with him. So what what do you see? Where do you see this going? It's attraction. Mean, Paolo's a good looking chap. Yeah, I feel like I'd love it. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd still be annoid. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I can't but like, argue. Yeah, but you know, he, yes, he's attractive, but what else does he have to bring to the table? <laughs> like that, that's definitely what Ross is thinking. Yeah, he's definitely like, I am clearly better than this guy. <laughs> yes. Um, the gang are playing Monopoly uh, as Rachel introduces Paolo to everyone. While uh, they're doing this, Joey manoeuvres behind Russ and he's just kind of stood there like, yeah, I'm backing up <laughs> Russ because this new man's appeared on the scene. And I'm curious, is Joey thinking, I'm going to back up my friend, get away from Rachel? Or is Joey thinking, oh my God, there's another hunk on the scene. My <laughs> position in the group is threatened. Help me. <laughs> I, ne- I never thought about that. Like, you know, yeah, they're all they're all friends and there's an outsider that's come in. But yeah, that is a, an odd thing to do. Yeah, like, I've never done that. I've never been, been out with friends and then like, the girl's dates arrive and actually stood behind someone and gone, yeah, I'll back up my friend who's got a crush on this girl. He's just an odd, odd behaviour. Uh, Monica is stunned by his attractiveness. Like, why wouldn't you be, I guess? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Paolo doesn't speak much, much English as I've already said uh, but yeah Ross and, and Joey are very defensive uh, as Rachel is just all over Paolo yep. won't stop touching him I don't no. mean she lets go of his arm the entire time he's, yeah. he's in this scene from the door to the Monopoly yeah. <laughs> he's basically <laughs> attached to him yeah I, I bet you could see like fingerprint dents in, in his arm Paolo doesn't seem to mind no I, d- I can't see why he would mind uh, oh look this, this beautiful <laughs> woman has just attached herself to me uh, this must happen all the time he doesn't even yeah. seem surprised he's like oh another one's arrived but also he you know he's playing this mysterious character mysterious foreigner um, I, I think even we have it here in England where you're like oh, you know if you're Italian especially uh, there's something the mystery of the exotic foreigner uh, the beautiful country I guess. I, I just tend to think they had rubbish tanks in World War II. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend says, you had rubbish tanks. That's if I was Russ. That's why I'd be bringing you up. Yes. I'd be like, so, during the war, your tanks weren't very effective. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but we go back to Chandler very quickly as he tries to blow um, a bubble with his gum before spitting it out all over the, the table. It's <laughs> so smooth. I, I remember as like uh, probably like about ten or twelve or something like that. I tried to like blow bubbles with gum. I didn't realize you had to get certain types of gum to blow bubbles with. So like Hubble Bubba, you can blow bubbles yep. with. Um, but like Wrigley's not. No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't realize you had to have a particular type of gum to be able to do it. <laughs> Just imagine like little Mark red in the face or like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy to do. Like on TV, that makes it seem so easy. It's not. It's, it's like difficult. The, the gum equivalent of trying to blow up a water balloon. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I've tried that, but I have. <laughs> it's really difficult. Uh, but, you know, he spits out on the table where there's been a few strategically placed other pink gums there. Which is gross. Like, America, what are you do with yeah. vestibules? Like, put, put your gum in the bin? Un- <laughs> not under the table. Or under, yes. <laughs> not out in plain sight. No. Um, you know, he picks up the wrong one and realises he's got the wrong one there, tries to swallow it, and then he's choking. Um, and we've got Jill there coming in like a proper hero. She uh, does? Does, does the Heimlich manoeuvre and it's impressive it's not like she takes a lung it's like one and yep. then out comes the gun uh, yeah so Chandler's probably probably enjoying that bit of a touch 
Uh, I mean, Jill Goodacre is Jill Goodacre, but if anything, I'm choking, I'm probably going to be more focused on that than she's got her hands around my waist. I, get, I guess so. I thought, like, oh, I can breathe again. But yeah, it's an icebreaker for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we then head back to the apartment where Paolo is impressing Rachel uh, as Ross is looking on. Uh, all the girls want him, uh, but clearly Rachel wants him the most. On me. If you want, I'll do it. <laughs> I know. I just want to bite his bottom lip. But I won't. God, the first time he smiled at me, those three seconds were more exciting than three weeks in Bermuda with Barry. Now, did you rent mopeds? <laughs> That's a weird question. Phoebe asking the important question. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think this is the difference between men and women. Like, So all the women, they're like, oh, he's so dreamy. And Rachel doesn't seem to mind that. Whereas I feel like a bunch of men, if those like, if your friends were saying that about a girl you're into, you'd, you'd see them as competition, I guess. I guess we'll like, back off. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw her first. I found her wandering the halls in the darkness, not you. <laughs> I shouted shotgun. <laughs> you know what that means? Oh, well, this one is, it's, Monica's almost really aggressive. Like, I'll do it. Like, she's <laughs> yeah. really up for chasing Paolo. Um, and it's quite playful. And I'm like, how would that scene be perceived if you flipped it and it was the guys talking about all wanting to pursue this one mm. woman? Um, I guess it does happen later on with the hot nanny, um, kinda. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it just, it, the language seems really, I guess, sexually forward. And I'm like, would that scene play differently if there were blokes doing it instead of women? I, f- I think it's a bit like Bob's Burgers if you've ever watched that program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tina, she's she's boy crazy, and now you, it was originally going to be that Tina was going to be a boy, and then they realised, oh, if we have it as a boy being like girl crazy. That plays a lot differently to a girl being boy crazy. Like, it's it's not as soft and nice. It's... I suppose. But then again, it's a 90s show. Friends was renowned for its kind of realistic depictions of kind of sex lives and relationships. Yes. Um, so it's fitting for the show. Just It's just a curiosity of mine, I guess. How would it play if it was the genders were reversed? Well, we get Ross uh, being, a, being a man and he's going to talk to Paolo and sort this all out. We're kind of a, kind of a thing. Thing? Thing, yes, thing. You have the sex. No. <laughs> no, no. Um, technically, the, the sex is not being had, but that's... Uh... <laughs> See, but that's not the point. See, um, the point is that, uh, well, Rachel and I should be... Uh, well, Rachel and I should be together. You know, and if you get in the... Um... In bed. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not where I was going. Uh, if you get in the way, way of us becoming a thing, then uh, I would be, well, very sad. Mm. So <laughs> I, I really liked, you know, the the part where, it's like, so you you've had the sex? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he's basically trying to mark his territory. Yeah. But I'm like, if you're Paolo, what do you care? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't care if I if I randomly met a woman and then one of our mates was like, oh, I'm really into her, but like, that's nice. Are you a couple? No, then cool, play on. Yeah. And, and obviously the language barrier makes it much more difficult, but, you know, so Paolo is, is fairly nice there. Well, like when he says, uh, you know, if you get into bed, and it's like, no, not where I was going. And I was like, yes, Russ, that's not where you're going <laughs> no. because you went in too long. Uh, I did like the, the, I guess the cuss word. So he's like, you speak a, li- a little English. Do you know the word crap weasel? It's like, that's such a weird, like... Yeah, is that an American phrase that's used a lot? I don't remember yeah. hearing it elsewhere. I, I assume it's probably for like the for TV reasons, like you couldn't use an actual swear word or something. What would the British equivalent of craft weasel be? I don't know. Like 
poo badger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you'd say. It's just, I don't even know what that, that phrase is supposed to mean. It's this. Well, it's like you, you know, you got like, um... like we're basically calling him a jackass, I guess. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just, I just hate the line. I think it's just. Ugh. It's, yeah, it, it's not something I've ever heard outside of Friends. Nope. It's, and it's not really an insult. And it, it's also really odd because, like, Paolo responds to being told it's a crap weasel positively because Ross delivers it positively. Yes. And I'm like, what if he's the next minute response to us? Ross has called me a crap weasel. Yeah, yeah. and I'm really bad. And the whole room is like, Ross is a tool. Yes. Because he's not going to go up to Rachel and go, you are a crap weasel. Like, he's not going to say that. Because he doesn't understand quite what it means. He knows, like, I'm it, but I don't know what about me makes me that. I know there's a language barrier, but I don't feel like the word crap is pretty high on that barrier. I feel like you can easily work out what he means. It's clearly not a positive statement. (laughs) No, exactly. Uh, We then quickly head back to to Chandler and Jill, uh, who've warmed up to each other now after... Getting touchy in the wrong sort of way. Yeah, being rescued. Uh, and they're playing with pens, the, the, the pens that dangle down. And they're trying to, like, Jill's whipping it around her head yeah. and like dodging it, which Chandler doesn't have her aptitude for. But no. Uh, he's very charming, the way he acts, like even though he's been hurt. Yeah, he's a very playful dork at yes. this point, and like, Chandler's in his element. Like he's, he's got past the awkward introduction, and he's Chandler, yeah. which is really it's nice to see. Yeah, he, he feels comfortable and natural now, doesn't he? Uh, and then very quickly we we leave there again, uh, and we're we're back at the apartment as the last candle is about to burn out. Uh, Phoebe counting down, <laughs> trying to guess when it's going to finish. <laughs> minus forty seven, <laughs> minus forty eight. Like, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the candle actually goes out. Kind of spooky without any lights. Okay, guys, I have the definitive one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just the way Ross like, no, no, I've got the best one. I'm, I'm ready to like big it up and be the best here, and then he gets caught out during his like moment. I guess. Yeah, it just. I mean. Obviously, hearing the clip back, every Friends fan in the world is perfectly seeing the scene in yeah. their head. Um, it just sucks. Like it's just one of those <laughs> classic Friends moments where you are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can you can pause it and you can see the moment that Ross's heart breaks, can't, <laughs> yeah. can't you? Uh, yeah, I'm sure we've all had similar situations where you know you thought you was about to you know make a move. And someone actually got there without you even noticing. Yeah, I mean, you, you've all had that unrequited affection, um, but obviously feelings don't vanish overnight. No. And then, you know, you've been around when that crush has been, you know, physical with a partner and you're just like, oh, I don't need to see this while I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at it. I imagine seeing it as lights flicker on would, would be much yeah. worse. Yes. Much more shocking. But yeah, you, you've all felt Ross's pain at this point. Yeah, this is where you you definitely do feel feel sorry for Ross. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's his own fault. Like, well, I appreciate, I've got, you know, the empathy for, oh, Ross, I've been there. But at the same time, like, so you should have asked her out the day after she said you could ask her out. Yes. But then we do get some levity as Joey then tells Ross, uh, you've got to throw a birthday party for Monica. <laughs> just, just to add it. Yeah. Just like, oh, you're in pain. Now I'll make awkward news. Yeah, jo- Joey always has perfect timing. Uh, we then finally head back uh, to Jill and Chandler as the lights have all come on now. All the electricity is back. Uh, the doors have opened. I don't know why they lock when the electricity goes off. Bit of a weird thing I to guess do. it's a security thing. Like, if someone cut the power to the building and then tried to break in, it'd be P- harder to Perhaps. Do. 
Maybe I'm overthinking. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's a weird thing. You can open it whenever you want, except for when... There's no power. Yeah. <laughs> it's super weird. Um, I hope they don't lock you in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they, they say their goodbyes, which is weird. Like, Chandler should have been like, hey, can I get your number? Yeah. I always go like, ask her out, yeah. Chandler. Just yeah, like... like I'd like to, you know, we had a fun hour. Like, let's let's swap numbers, saying let's chat. Yeah, because they clearly have chemistry and are getting on by the end of the episode. Like, they're having fun playing with the the pens on the chains, yeah. and clearly she's just saved his life. I'm like, oh, you know, let me buy you dinner for saving my life. It's like the perfect yeah. way to do. It. You know, she might say, "Oh, I'm busy," or no, but at least then you've got a story where you spent an evening trapped in a vestibule with your goddaker, and you asked your goddaker out. Yeah, I feel like even if she says no, that's still going to be a win. Yep, and and I can't see her saying no. Like you've just had fun together. But like, yeah, let's let's meet up for half an hour. Yeah, I mean, at, at worst, right? Even if she says yes, and then it goes nowhere, yeah. you've now had a date with Jugoda, like, <laughs> with a supermodel. Yeah, it's like it's all win at this point. So what he doesn't, I, I guess, but I guess potentially is you know TV reasons where Jugoda was on for one episode and they weren't going to get her back for a recurring role. <laughs> no, but in the world of Friends and the fiction that it is, I'm just screaming at TV, ask her out, Chandler. But. You know, it's, I guess it's classic Chandler. Like, he doesn't realise till later on what he should have done. I guess. Um, but then he asked for a copy of the tape. <laughs> which, which would be tragic because at some point you would have, you would be like, hang on, why didn't you ask her out? Or one of the gang are going to go, after spending four hours chucked with you, go, did you ask her out? Yeah. Especially if they watch the tape. If they watch the tape and see all the chemistry and the playful games and you're having fun, they'd be like, did you ask her out? You'd be like, oh, crap. Then you'd have to watch that tape over and over and be like, that's the moment I should have done it. Well, I'm just thinking, like, if someone even did see the tape, like security office, all they're going to see is just some bloke looking at it, mouth, like making mouth movements, but they won't be able to hear anything. No. Security tape. So they're just going to go, okay, that's, this is a weird tape. Good for, like, the Christmas party. I wonder what he's saying afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably pop in. <laughs> yeah. If I wanted to tape that badly, I'd be like, right, in the morning, I'm popping back to this bank and asking for the tape, which they wouldn't release. But you know. well, well, legally now, you can do. You can be like, you film me, I need a copy of what you filmed of me. Fair. Uh, so he this is your plan. Just, just getting recorded <laughs> yeah. best appeals yeah. with celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's uh, it's quite a fun episode. Yeah, another classic to me. Like, episode, the previous episode and this one are in my top 10 easily. It's, it's definitely Ross and Rachel who steal a lot of the scenes and, and the forward momentum for the show. Yeah, I mean, it's up until Ross and Rachel becoming Ross and Rachel, it's, it's a lot of impetus. It's exciting. You know, you want Ross to succeed. You want Rachel to be happy. Yeah. So it's very much like, go and do it, do it, do it. And then every setback, you're just more and more frustrated for Ross. So you hate Paolo so much because you are just like, yeah. you're getting in the way of what we want. <laughs> And, and Chandler, you know, he gets uh, a lot of uh, comedic value out of this. Like, so the the whole inner monologue stuff was great. So there's a lot of visual comedy going on, even though you can hear what he's thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think like all the scenes with Jill are great. There's some really funny lines. Yeah, perfection. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that. It's just the way he says them, and then you hear Chandler thinking exactly yeah. what you'd be thinking. Yes. Like, it, it's so on point and accurate for yeah. what would go through your mind. Uh, so yeah, I think I think this is a, a really fun episode. Um, I, I can't really think of much else to say, really. Uh, I mean, it's one of those when they have those like clip shows and like poor TV series, which I don't think does very often. Um, but it would be one of you know if you have an awful Channel Five TV show where you get basic celebrities to be like, let's discuss your favorite friends moments. Ross's laugh into heartbreak will be in there, yep. guaranteed. Yep. yep. Um, probably more so than any of the Channel moments, just because of what Ross and Rachel mean to friends as a show. But oh, definitely. Like like I say, there you are the. The key point of this show, really. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, without them, you basically just have you know six friends, just kind of normal life, which is fun and entertaining. But this gives us a reason to to keep coming back to see what's what's happened, what's new. I mean, the most famous, I guess, friends reference or friends quote, which I don't even need to say because you'll all know what it is. You can say to almost anyone that's all friends, and they'll have an opinion on if they were or were not on a break. Yes, like it, <laughs> it is that quintessential friends discussion. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, were they on a break? They're, it's a fifty-fifty split, isn't it? You either side they were on a break or side they weren't. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it does tend to be split by gender. I tend to find that men tend to be like, <laughs> okay. yeah, they're on a break. And then a lot of people, women tend to be like, no, they weren't. All right. Well, in a, in a few years' time... We'll get there. We'll get there. And uh, we'll ask our huge audience by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a poll. We'll have a poll, yeah. We, we should definitely do a poll. Uh, but for now, we'll be back next week uh, with episode eight, the one where Nana dies twice. Which is... A weird title and such an odd place to find comedy, but they pull it off. It is, yeah. So this will be uh, an interesting one to talk about. Uh, So until next time, where can people find you, Ryan? As always, you can still find me at gamehype.co.uk. You can find me on the Critical Geeks podcast and the Hype from Outer Heaven podcast. And you can find me at fuzzballs.co. If you haven't been there yet, you know, it's a funny name, Fuzzballs. Just check out anyway. Uh, It's very safe for work, so you don't have to worry. Uh, you can also find me at The Fuzzballs on Twitter and Facebook as well. And where can you find us, Ryan? You can find us anywhere you can find good podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever the Android version of that is. Um, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Watching Friends Pod, As well as on Facebook as well, yeah, same, same place. And uh, you can find us at WatchingFriends.com where you'll find all our episodes. So you can go back if this is your first one joining us. Exactly, go back to the one at the start and go all the way through. Uh, which, you know, you can do year after year, same as you do with friends. Just listen to us. We can be the 7th and 8th This is where we we finish the entire podcast run and then start doing, like, Mark and Ryan commentaries of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) You you press play at the same time and just (laughs) watch along with us. Maybe we should do that. Let's let's get a Patreon in the future. (laughs) We we can have talk over episodes, uh, which will probably sound a bit like these. (laughs) (laughs) But who cares, right? Ryan, stop stepping on the jokes. Uh, So that's it from me. I will see you next week. Cheerio, and I'll see you next week as well.